tweet at SFM Radio and at Bridget Masinga. Catching up with the, the founders of Chicken Natives Literary uh, Podcast, Litlochonolo Mukwerane and Dr. Alma Nalisha Kele, who join me on the line. This after Chicken Natives was named Social Media Influencer of the Year for 2021 in the Brittle Papers 2021, I guess, Social Media uh, Awards. And the duo are joining me this morning. Merry Christmas or what are we doing now? Compliments of the new year. (laughs) And I just saw a video of Mark. Compliments until March. It's a compliments (laughs) until March. Yes, indeed. If you're black, it's compliments until March. No, guys. I just saw, Alma, I just saw a video of uh, Mark Lottering reminding people like myself (laughs) that from today, it's compliments. And then on the 1st of January, it's Happy New Year. And then from the 2nd, it's hello. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I will stick to those rules. Uh, but good morning to you guys. Uh, let's start with Chicken Natives for people who are not familiar as to what Chicken Natives is or what you guys are about. Litlochonolo, uh, give us a little bit of a brief overview of of you guys and and the movement that you've created. <laughs> hi, Bridget, and hi to your listeners. Um, I mean, we started as a literary podcast, and primarily we do podcasting as a form of archiving Mm. conversations with black writers around the world. Mm. Amma and I are people who read ferociously. Yes. So we used to have conversations on the phone for like two, three hours just discussing a book, and used to go to book launches and have like conversations with authors, and people would be like, oh, where can we guys listen to you? Do you have a radio station or whatever? Yeah. And we realized that there wasn't really a sort of having tea with an author type of conversations happening. Mm. Because oftentimes you read a book and you have so many questions and you don't like have easy access to the author. Mm. So ours was sort of, you know, wanting to answer readers' burning questions, but also creating an archive of, of, of an African literary um, platform mm. where people, you know, oftentimes when you engage with black writers' work and you read print media, it's so superficial and very like from a particular game. Mm. We wanted to give authors an opportunity to sit down with us and really delve deeper. And most of the authors that we've had on our podcast have said this is the best conversations they've had about their book. And I think part of that is the care that we put into the work. Yes. But we've also like branched out of like the podcasting thing. We've now have an online bookstore mm. where we sell books. Um, and we also now, if we have access to the author, it's signed copies of the books. Beautiful. So we, I, I suppose we're becoming, as you say, a movement, mm-hmm. thinking about like prioritizing black writers and their work, mm-hmm. and also just creating a space where readers and writers alike can come and enjoy each other. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Uh, I think Africa as, as a whole has had such a, a rich history of storytelling through the written word but for some reason somewhere along the lines we've sort of disengaged from it and movements like yourselves are very important in bringing that that back to the table and broadening it out for a pan-african audience uh, dr mm-hmm. alma sure i think that uh we we've also realized that there was a massive i think that there was a need and just the, the recession that the teachers has had continuously has also proven that to us actually that there is quite a big desire for people to have their work interacted with, mm. not from a particular gate that wants to frame black experiences um, in their own way, mm. but really that gives space to 
just the breadth of, of blackness. We know that blackness is not monolithic. Mm. We also know that some extensions are universal. And I think that some of the work that we've done with writers on the continent and in the diaspora have proven that as well. And so it's really been an awakening to mm. realize just how much of a desire there is for our work to be interacted with in particular ways. So this is not to say that our work cannot be critiqued, mm. but it's to say that the quality of the critique has often been lacking, but has also been molded by particular gazes as well. And I think it's been so it's been so humbling to see what the Chief Nation has been able to do, not only in terms of author conversations, mm. but the kind of conversations that I feel we've sparked in our own communities around around the world. I mean my mother is now an avid follower of the of the Chief Nation. And I think <laughs> Just realizing that people like her writing books has also sparked something in her. Yes, yes. Um, now, you guys have just bagged a, a beautiful recognition, a social media influencer of the year, uh, which is no easy feat, I'm sure, by Brittle Paper, which is an online literary magazine um, styled as an African literary blog. Um, and in terms of the work that you do, how have you all sort of seen the growth of the community and people being receptive uh, to what you, you bring to the table and what you engage in? I think it's been absolutely, um, it's been astounding. So in the ways that I, that I, I think of it is, you know, so when we started out, mm. uh, it, was, it was quite challenging to get authors onto our podcast. Yeah. People didn't really have a sense of what we wanted to do. I mean, when we started the podcast, the space for podcasting in South Africa, particularly for literature, wasn't that big. So people mm. weren't quite sure what we wanted to do. Who were we? I mean, Lecoq uh, Nono and I, in our, in our day, daily lives, don't work in the literary space, in other mm. space. So I think initially people just wanted, weren't sure who we were, what we wanted to do. But of course, because there was, there was such a, a, a need, mm. I guess, for that critical engagement, we've seen we've actually seen that there's been such a growth in people who want to be on the podcast. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, not only the podcast, we've also seen we, we were in collaboration with um, Word and Sound and we had these live literature markets that also spoke to independent authors who didn't have um, space in, in typical publishing spaces, you know, so they wouldn't be able to get into a big store, for example. And so what we would do is we had these markets, people would be introduced to the author, and um, the turnout, we've seen it steadily growing, you know. Mm. So even in the interactions, I mean, and I think social media has also been something that's absolutely widened what we've been able to do. We've been able to connect with writers from the diaspora, writers from other parts of the continent as well. And we're constantly surprised by the people who log in um, and watch the Chichi Nations, you know. So even when we look at, at what we've been able to do just on our podcast, mm. every single year we see substantial growth. So there is a desire for critical engagement. There is a desire to see ourselves reflected in the work, mm. in, in, the, in the written word as well. But also people are starting to realize that this space that we previously thought was difficult to penetrate mm. is, is also something that we can do. And I mean, you think of what Jujibusanyuki has been able to do with the film series. Yeah. Um, and, and that for me is just testament to how much has been growth in, in the space. So I think we've watched the Chief Natives grow in leaps and bounds, partly because of social media, but also mm. as an awareness grows of what, of what we want to do.
Yeah, and and Lutlukhanolo, I think uh, you know I, we've met before and we've 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 engaged about the chicken natives and and the work that you guys do, and then we've just engaged broadly about literature from a continental perspective. There was a time oh. when publishing, you know, Africa and and specific countries, and I'm I'm thinking of countries like Zimbabwe, were were highly noted and renowned for the publishing robust publishing industries, um, you know, creating works after works after works, and and we've sort of seen a slump of that in recent decades uh, you know what can we do to sort of bring back the, that that culture and get those machines going again and get africans uh, engaged again in, in in sort of wanting to see more african literature wanting to consume more african literature so that we can actually create an industry that is 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 viable and robust again and thriving I think we really need to think about decolonizing. And I say this by saying we need to start thinking about like letting go of artificial borders. Mm-hmm. Because a lot part of what is happening right now is that even though we're publishing such great books, mm-hmm. let's say in Southern Africa, the uh, pull for you to get your books to Botswana or to get it to Namibia or mm-hmm. Zimbabwe, it's quite pricey. Mm-hmm. So publishers and even writers who are self-published are like, are sort of reluctant to take that risk because they're not certain whether their books are going to sell in another country. Mm. So there's this, there's this risk of like sort of like, you know, these artificial borders are creating barriers for people to um, publish. I mean, we often get um, requests of people wanting books to be shipped to Nigeria and mm. the cost of shipping is quite exorbitant, right? Mm. But imagine if you had a distributor in Nigeria, for instance, and you were able to do that, or a distributor in um, Cote d'Ivoire, for instance. So I think that we need to start thinking of like an an ecosystem that allows distribution to happen across Africa, Um, because we are really publishing incredible books on on the continent. Mm. And, you know, you think about like Zimbabwe, for instance, um, there are quite a number of wonderful books that have been coming out of Zimbabwe, mm. um, which uh, people may not have access to because of these artificial borders. But I think the one thing is also, you know, Bridget, um, to start rethinking about the way that we have positioned um, uh, writing by African writers, right? Mm. So we call it African literature. Yeah. And so if it's not recognized by the West, for instance, mm. then we're saying it's not a good book, right? Mm. And we only wait for the West to say, oh my gosh, House of Stone by Novuyo is fantastic. Then we're like, oh my gosh, let's all go buy it, right? Mm. But the truth of the matter is it's always been good. And we need to be the ones to say we don't need recognition from the West in order for us to say that a, a, a book is particularly good. Yeah. Guys, I, I mean, I love the work that you'll do. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people who uh, follow y'all on, on social media and through your platforms are very familiar with the kind of uh, debates that your conversations spark and the, the kind of input that really the your platforms you've created have done for South African writers and, and black and publishers, particularly of blackness, uh, both in South Africa and on the continent. Uh, we hope you'll continue to grow from strength to strength. And I love the fact that the online uh, bookstore element is growing from strength strength to strength and it's providing ease of access um, to a lot of titles that you know aren't readily available at your commercial bookstores etc etc so if you're not familiar with chicken natives as yet you can actually follow them on social media the chicken natives they are very 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 active over there (laughs) and uh, they've got just about any and every book that you would ever want to find and if they don't have it trust me they will find it Uh, congratulations on being named the association 
social media influencer of the year. And thank you so much to the both of you for taking time out this morning. Thank you, pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Pleasure. Uh, just a few minutes to go before we wrap up the show today. We've got uh, some time for uh, a little bit of a jet of a big fat juicy, and then uh, we wrap things up nice and prettily.